0: Could you please pronounce your name correctly for me?
1: My name is Harry
0: Taylor, aka Fly, is my longtime nickname, some people call me. And the first thing I generally want to know about people is how they became creative. So childhood, were your parents creative? Was there some great teacher? Like, how did you even get to being creative?
1: I have no uh, serious answer to that, other than you know I was always drawing, always painting as a kid. I'll, always, that was just my place was just drawing. I was I have tons of sketchbooks. My my kids do that today, same kind of thing. And then there there became a time, probably late high school, that I noticed my my paintings and my drawings. You know things weren't improving; they were taking longer. I was trying harder, but nothing was going well and then I was doing a lot of skateboarding at the time as well and then i started borrowing my dad's camera and photographing the skateboard action and uh, friends and things and then that was getting to be pretty exciting and went to paris on a school trip and took my dad's camera and i remember photographing this girl who was selling crepes on the street i was so excited couldn't wait to see my film of course it didn't come out was, you know it's the photographer's you know, sweet misery is that image you didn't get. You know, that's that's always you never you don't forget those for sure. Went to uh, Chowan College for a two-year program in photography, and it was pretty great. It was very technical, and went through that, and, and finally got interested in school in general, and which hadn't happened until that point. Then just kept growing, and you know, I always had the philosophy that that fine art and commercial art should be very closely related. Because uh, I think really outstanding commercial art could be fine art just as easily. It could hang on the wall if it's well
0: done. And that's an excellent place to start with this. Because you primarily, to make a living, do commercial work. Mostly sort of architectural, real estate kind of stuff, which I've seen for many years. And I thoroughly enjoy, though it's not my medium. And then on the other side, you also do these fine art pieces, which I've seen at the Cameron Art Museum. I think you had an exhibition. Mm-hmm and you currently do these uh, alternative processes, what, what's the, or historical processes, like what's the word people are using these days?
1: Oh, I, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's all over the place. I, I know people call it, when I, when I was in college in the 80s and 90s, it was alternative processes, but you kind of say, well, alternative to what? You know, what does that mean? It was a comment Mark Osterman gave, which I thought was right
0: on. It's true. I mean, yeah, it's a,
1: what, what, what in the world? But I mean,
0: historical makes sense. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I call it antique processes. Okay, antique processes, and, and it and it comes from
1: my interest as a child seeing my parents were antique dealers, and we always had antiques coming and going, and there were always a big pile of tintypes and union cases around of stuff, and there was a a treasured tintype of our ancestor who was a Civil War soldier that that only f- certain family members could copy and have a copy of it, but the original one is still MIA but I do have a nice copy of it. I think it is in the Charleston region, so I, I plan to go investigate that one of these days I can get in touch with those relatives. But um, I'd like to make a better copy. It, it goes way back for, for me and that stuff, and then there just came a day after my mother passed away that, you know, it, it's a catalyst for change when you live, lose a close family member, and I went on to learn uh, wet plate collodion and tintypes, ambrotypes, and, and negatives, and... And that's been my, my primary medium for about the
0: last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Sounds about right. I remember when you started investigating yeah. it. Yeah. You yeah. Know. And it was,
1: you know, when you first, back then, when you first investigated, it was like everything. The cameras are different. The chemicals sound terrible. And it's just, the whole thing is very daunting. And it, it probably took me two years to, to make the first one.
0: I've seen it and I've been to workshops where people are doing it and stuff. And I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty standard sort of historical kind of yeah. stuff i mean it, it's not rocket science it mm-hmm. once you sort of learn once you learn how to do a tin type it you know moving over to a wet plate or anything like this is pretty similar i mean the chemicals are a little different the mediums are a little different but the, yeah. the processes are pretty it's darn about close. the same
1: you got once you got a tin type you've got ambrotype, you've got collodion negatives and all that so
0: i dream someday of daguerreotypes i would love to learn how to do a daguerreotype Ugh.
1: So well, beautiful. I, I've I've done them. It's extremely expensive.
0: Oh yeah, silver and, and mercury. You're doing mercury. Like,
1: it's it's not worth doing. The back rails not not so hot. But yeah, it is by far the most beautiful. Like Jerry Spagnoli's work is just oh yeah
0: off the chart. I love it. I mean, so I've always spectacular. I collect them. If I ever see, well, I collected. I should rephrase. I collected them when they were affordable to collect. Now they're now everybody's collecting them, and they're very expensive now. But I remember being able to buy them for $10, $15. Yeah. And it was great.
1: Yeah. Now if you find one under $25, $30, that's, that's a pretty good deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the ones I've been they seeing be around. Hundreds. Yeah, 50 to 100 kind of range. And I'm just like, ugh. I'm not. I had I mean, a lady
1: come in a couple of years ago, and she had five or six whole plate daguerre, or daguerreotypes. Wow. They were colored. They were spectacular. I've I've never seen anything like it.
0: And and she was asking what museum to put them in. I assume.
1: Well, what to do with them? And I, I just kind of resealed them, kind of dusted them out, resealed them, and gave them back to her. Scanned them. And do
0: daguerreotype scan? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Didn't yeah. know that. Didn't All right. So let's get a little bit into it. So okay. you are, as I said, sort of my working knowledge of you. Which please educate me because I haven't literally seen you probably in ten years. It's been a while. Yeah. Is that you're primarily a commercial sort of real estate architectural photographer, and that's how you make your living. That's really like your primary, I'll call it like your reputation is built on that as far as income and all this kind of stuff. And then for your own edifice and your own pleasure and your own interest, you do these tin types and ember types and so on. Um, So how do you balance all that? Because I mean, I'm sure you have invested a lot of money and time in, both of these things I mean more or less you're having to have two almost well probably more than full-time jobs just to be able to make ends meet because of course you're falling into that system of the gig economy so it's not reliable incomes it's not you don't get health care you don't get vacation time like so like there's that extra amount of work in there so how is that working for you you know in 2020
1: 2020, man, what a year. If it was only a pandemic or only a recession or only an election, it, things would be kind of simple. But we get this perfect s- storm of mess. It's been really difficult. I mean, every year, every year it's really difficult in the gig economy. I mean, I, it's never quite come easy to me because I'm sort of a introverted person and the world kind of favors a loud mouth. And I'm kind of like disappearing into the shadow doing my thing and, I mean, you know, I wish if I if I had a trust fund and I was a, a billionaire, I would, I'd be probably doing the same thing. I would just, I mean, I, I, I like I do probably, I don't know, several thousand headshots a year. I never really count, but it's a, it's a lot. And wait, several he- thousand headshots? That would be like four a day. I guess maybe it's not that. Maybe it's an exaggeration. Several okay. hundred a year. Okay. Yeah, that's well, I know it's 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 in the four to five
0: hundred a year easily. Are there that many? What, actors and people that need. Well, no, it's shots? not actors, it's more corporate stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a number of companies that I work with and go all over and, and, and sometimes it's 25 or 30 people in a day. And, okay. That
0: makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking like an actor headshot, no, like they no. could take an hour to get like, I think like corporate headshots yeah. Got it.
1: Yeah. And so there's that. And you know, and I'm always trying to perfect that, trying to do that better, you know, and then, but then there's my, my curiosities with, with wet plate and, and my artwork and, I, I generally have a, a you know a historical connection to different things. You know, like the Cameron Art Museum. I did a build a glass house of glass negatives, and ambrotypes of related Civil War imagery of little tableaus of things that happened or might have happened around Wilmington. And I, it was very funny. A lot of there there were several comments where people asked me, "Wow, where did you find these?" You know. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, you didn't find them you didn't produced find them,
1: them. You find them yeah, yeah. We, we channeled them we, we we pulled the mystery out of, we pulled the i like to think we pulled the history out of the land and created recreated things that had happened
0: well and you've also done stuff with uh like the marshlands and also surfers like see these kinds of sort of
1: yeah the cape fear river is a big huge thing to me i just find it endlessly interesting and then and of course there's environmental precedent about that too with pollution and and all the things that are floating in the river but the history you know one of the earliest spanish explorers came up the river and lost a ship and then i don't know just endless stories of the river and and you go out there today it's many places look probably about the same as they did then aside from you know there's dredge islands or occasional cargo ship passes by container ship goes by but otherwise pollution yeah Pollution and McMansions and things, but many places it still looks the same. I think there's there's a lot of mystery when I'm out there.
0: The one thing that I'm most sort of in, uh, want to hear about from your perspective, which is like I have an opinion on this, but of course I don't do it. So this is what I want to hear your experiences about. Is you you sort of have two careers, like so you have a fine art photography, which is mm-hmm. what I call your tin types and your historical processes and then you have your commercial photography how easy and or difficult is that to balance because i mean certain people know you for your architectural work and certain people and your headshots and certain people know you for your historical processes but i mean you sort of almost like does it does it help your either of them like so like you know, like do your architectural people end up buying some of your tintypes or do your tintype clients end up hiring you to do architectural stuff? Like, does it help your career to have these multiple things or would it be of smarter to like just do one really, really well?
1: Well, of course it would be smarter to do one really, really well. It doesn't take a blind man to see that. But I've always been a little bit contrary and a little I have my own agenda with things. And, 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 and frankly, I have lost architecture jobs because people will say, well, you know, maybe you should do more of that stuff. And you just go, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Next, you know, and then you move on. And personally, the the two feed each other. I really learn things looking through a view camera that apply back to a digital camera because you know to me the the most single difficult thing in digital photography is using the crappy cameras. You know I hate I never liked 35 millimeter cameras in the first place. They're always too small. There's too there's I don't I don't hear music when I hold one. But you know it's just but you have to deal with them and that's that's the that's the lay of the land now. And then I use Sony cameras a lot and they're even smaller than your DSLRs and things and that. so I learned how to I, I keep my vision attuned using a view camera i think sometimes i even carry a view camera on a shoot just so i can set it up and look through it to find the shot because you know an eight by ten is more that's my camera that's that's where i live then when i'm working with it's kind of like driving somebody else's car with uh, you know digital cameras you know you're kind of figuring it out as you go what it does and then but but see that's that's fun too learning and, and and getting to do the digital pictures look the way you want them to look which which is endless computer time and but I I find it difficult to break into one thing or the other.
0: Well, and that's the thing, you know, because like I've even so I'm an artist, but I'm also a teacher. And so like I can either become a magnificent teacher, but I, my my art practice will wane because of that. Or I could focus a bit more on my art practice, but my teaching would wane because of that. So it's I find it really hard in the creative industries that oftentimes we have to take on multiple jobs in order to make ends meet and in doing so we end up not being able to become as masterful as of one thing and not necessarily like technically masterful but like professionally masterful like you know like i'm sure if in a perfect world if you could make the living you would love to just do historical process photography all day every day but the industry is just not there. They're not going to be paying enough for that to, to sustain <laughs> no. uh, your livelihood.
1: No, that's not going to happen. But yeah, well, maybe it could happen. I shouldn't say not so quickly, but it, it's it's a stretch. I mean, there are people making a living doing that, but I think they're, they're they do have a day job, whether it's teaching or I don't know anyone selling enough prints to break away and be –
0: and they run workshops also. They run that's workshops.
1: A lot of teaching different kinds of, you know, the workshop model is, you know, that's that's kind of the way to go.
0: Have you been doing workshops?
1: I do. I do uh, what I call tutorials. Like, I'll have one or two students, and we'll do, like, I have one coming today. We're doing just black and white darkroom stuff. There's, you know, there's a big interest in that these days. Is there? Oh, kids in their 20s are shooting film like crazy.
0: I yeah, love it. I guess I was a little too early for that. When we're looking at your artworks, so, you know, your historical works, are people paying for it? Like, how how busy are you with that? Or do do you book? You know, how many shoots do you book a month? Or what you know, what kind of criteria can you give me? Well, on I
1: do that? my portraits, you know, and, and I, I do probably slow month might be one or two or none, or a busy month might be ten. So it's somewhere in that range is, is pretty consistent, and 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 that's maybe what we might call a fine art portrait shoot where it's done in a fine art way but typically it's to fulfill the subject's and client's need for a portrait.
0: Okay, so that's interesting. So you you're doing these pieces that you present as fine arts but for sake of argument and please go ahead and argue with me on this. It's sort of it's still commercial photography yeah. like the way you're doing it. Yeah. Because it's a client is hiring you, you're just simply giving them the outcome in a different medium so digital versus this so so you're so pretty much you do you you do a lot of commercial works but in different mediums but then you also have your own artistic projects as well you know like i said i've seen the marshes and the the surfers and some other things Mm -hmm. along this line so have you been trying to produce exhibitions or books or anything like this well i've i've done a lot of
1: exhibitions my modus operandi for many years was to have at least one exhibit a year or more and a lot of times i would have a show one place and i would have the same work i'd go show some other place another town or you know yep framing's not cheap yeah because you and then you know i collect a bunch of frames and then but then you know it's just gotten to where the the print sales really are not that great maybe it's commentary on my prints i don't know
0: it's just no i think it's a commentary on contemporary society like i'm not seeing like i in the past five years or so i have weighed away from printing at all um because people are perfectly fine with just looking at their screens like they don't Mm -hmm. feel the need for a print as much as they used to very true like it's it's a sad state of affairs in many ways but like, for me, I just, I, I shifted. So, like, now I'm doing more hand-done printing. So, like, I print and then paint or collage or tear or whatever onto the, the mm-hmm. photographs to make it a unique, basically a painting in the end kind of thing, but using still using photography as its starting point. Right. So, I mean, it seems like people are more interested in that kind of work than they are in digitally reproducible prints.
1: Right, right. and and, and that's, that's the thing. And then they don't care about, you know you can have a beautiful platinum print or albumin or something and they don't care i mean for the most part you you could have you know done you know carbon on glass and they still don't care i mean they just don't care if they like the image they're inspired by it there's something that that intrigues them and they decide they want it on their wall that's cool but but that's a that's a long stretch you know i mean i i put photos all over the place so I, i like a lot of photos around but not everyone's that way, so
0: well, I, I also find that to a certain extent, it's um it's funny, like I said, just said this the other day on a, on the recording, which is that sometimes the clients or the buyers or the whatever the 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 patrons of your creativity are not necessarily where you live, and sometimes you have to go to wherever they are. And so, like to me, this kinds of historical processes, I could see New England freaking loving it i could see you know chicago area loving it wilmington north carolina yeah i could see it liking it but i i think that there's a people lot People like of- boats here
1: <laughs> people like you know it's it's there's a recreational obsession here that's bordering on narcotic you know people are just obsessed with getting out in the boat and getting drunk and fishing Woo! oh and they're yeah, big, big you know,
0: pickup trucks as well
1: that's their thing yeah have you noticed that i have and they have really bright lights
0: Yes. And I'm driving a smart car today. So yeah, everything's yeah, huge to me. Really big.
1: Yeah. You know, Wilmington is, is a nice place to live, but it, there's a different culture <laughs> than art based culture.
0: Right. And well, that's sort of my thing. that's what I'm getting at is like, cause like I lived in the middle East and now I live in Europe and, and I found that, you know, maybe the, the town I live in or the country I live in, I mean, cause I live in a small country even at this point, And, is not the market for me you know and Mm -hmm. in the same way like Mm -hmm. i could absolutely see like a great market for this stuff i don't see that market being wilmington north carolina because i mean the people here are it's not that they're uneducated in the arts but they're just not as appreciative of the arts and the and the the skill and the craftsmanship as some other parts of even just the united states would certainly Mm -hmm. be so
1: and we have a lot of artists here there's there's. Right, I we mean, do have a lot,
0: and it's great.
1: Throw a rock, you'll hit an artist. But know? yeah, but they're not going <laughs> to
0: pay for stuff; <laughs> they're going to trade for stuff.
1: They'll pay for one, but
0: yes, I know. I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. Yeah,
1: know you know, it's that's it's not even really a criticism. It's just kind of the way it is. Absolutely. You know? I, I mean, I buy smart here and there, but I, I don't buy nearly as much as I wish I could.
0: Well, but that's because we're not making enough of a living to be able to afford the art that we want right. to buy because we choose to live in a place like this, or you choose to live. I don't anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I, I still like it here. I, you know, the, the the traffic is, there's there's a lot of minor complaints here, but it's,
0: meh. It's, Go to Washington, D.C., man. The traffic here is nothing.
1: Oh, I, know. I know. I know. I've been working up there a lot lately. I've, <laughs> I've experienced it. It's horrible. Ten lanes do. of traffic.
0: And and all backed up. It's all insane. Backed up. You're you're don't, like, don't understand where? it wow but anyways all right um okay so as far as your tin type works and all these kinds of things like so how what kind of reactions do you get i mean again so like i'm going to try and rephrase my previous question to be Mm -hmm. like do you find any difficulties of like the nature of having two very disparate ideas of your your style because like you have this beautiful clean uh you know gorgeous architectural work that you do that's you know polished and gorgeous and then you have these very sort of raw old antique feeling things do you ever run into any problems with like the the fact that some people know you for one and don't know you for the other or vice versa or anything like this or does it hurt your reputation to have multiple things you're known for or help yeah well i feel like
1: it it should help we all hope it will help i mean it's who i am i'm sorry i'm interested in a lot of things so i you you know and and i'm a little bit of a nut i guess you know because there's a i like to think i don't know if it's spiritual or there's spirits there's things that there's a certain amount of clairvoyance to it i see things I, i try to get them in the picture i've you know, there's there's some
0: peculiar things that happen. Okay, wait, slow down. You see things? Is this like I see dead people kind of you see things? not, or? not like
1: dead people, but I, I may see orbs or I may see uh, hear things and see traces of shadows that I'll say to someone, hey, did you see that? And they're like, what? And I'm like, no, never mind. Okay. And it's been like that since childhood. I've always had occurrences that Okay unexplainable, and I, I don't try to explain them. I just assume... And then when I talk to real clairvoyant people that are very attuned to their thing, they're going, oh yeah. Or, you know, sometimes somebody will come up to me and go, wow, you're an old one. And I'll go, don't start, please. <laughs> no, yeah, no.
0: Gonna, My wife is gonna be so angry if you continue on this. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. so yeah, I don't know. So I'm a little bit of a nutcase, but I, but I think that's okay. I embrace that kind of crazy side of myself just because it is good for fodder, for imagining photographs and, and making photographs and, and keeping things exciting and interesting to to myself and then i hope that eventually that will translate to a project that is a really good success i mean i think the the art museum thing was was pretty close to success but being in the civil war related is not really a popular topic of a lot of people and a lot of people don't know how to interpret it uh, i mean history uh, you, you know things happened that weren't weren't good and it's not to be commemorated particularly, but but also they shouldn't be forgotten. So we don't repeat that kind of. It's kind of my philosophy with it. Kind
0: you know? of like we are this year, but yeah, anyways.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not. I don't. I don't know. So I I, I probably need to find a better subject matter. I, I enjoy the Civil War stuff in in a from the context of just the observer. You know, I don't. It was, it was a horrible, horrible time for everyone. I mean, there was nobody unscathed and. Some are worse than others. It was terrible. And hopefully that never happens again.
0: <laughs> so, Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Now when it comes to exhibiting your artworks and, and presenting exhibitions and stuff like this, have you been writing proposals, uh, entering contests, doing grants? Like how, what's your processes in, in trying to find these kinds of outlets?
1: I'm thinking in terms of books. I'm thinking in terms of big projects. I'm thinking in terms of finding sponsors to 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 fund these books. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in grants. I mean, I've applied and applied and never get anything. I've entered endless contests, never get anything. I, I think all those avenues can be good for people, and it's worth a try. You, you might have the lucky, you might have the golden ticket. I don't know. I don't. So I, so I'm trying a different a different approach, and and the book thing is what I'm I'm thinking in terms of
0: okay elaborate tell me more i want to know so like so what's your idea on this because don't get me wrong every photographer probably every artist in the world has a book idea so like what's yeah. your idea of how to do it differently because of course the entire industry's changed dramatically in the past mm-hmm. decade because you know books are less common they're not funded as well there are just aren't as many booksellers like so like Right. What's your idea? I know,
1: it's another <laughs> dead end I'm approaching, that. but but I think it's a better way to experience the art. It's a better way to get a great body
0: of art, and it's a
1: it's a better way for the consumer to get your art at a lower price. They can have something that's the complete issue. So I can,
0: love a coffee table book. I mean, yeah, I, my, I still my entire it. library is coffee table books.
1: Yeah, oh, I love them. I, I, in fact, people sometimes laugh when I go on an extended trip somewhere maybe a little vacation stuff i have a stack of coffee table books i bring to look at because i haven't had a chance to really enjoy
0: them oh i do it the other way when i go on vacation i buy a bunch of coffee table books and bring them back and then have to pay overage on my weight and my luggage
1: yeah that too (laughs) that happens too (laughs) so so but i I think the book is a great medium for photographers and you got to have something to sell and that's that's something you
0: I don't know. I'm still learning how to get it done. I, I mean, I have, what have you tried? Like, I mean, because part of the thing that, that most of us learn from the most is, you know, mistakes basically. Mm-hmm. Like we all learn from mistakes really, really mm-hmm. well. We don't learn from successes quite so well. Cause we're just like, yes, it's cause I'm talented. And it,
1: Oh, yeah. When you don't really realize you don't, what you
0: did right. But, boy, when you do something wrong, you really learn well, what you did wrong.
1: There's beginner's luck. You know, the first one's great. And then you go to the second one, and you then you forget all the things you did right because mm-hmm. you, you feel like you got to try something new. you got to do something a little different. And then you, you trip yourself up very easily. A good example, um, I, I did a project in 2017 with a, a vineyard out in California. They invited me out to photograph there. Just kind of do a weekend shoot, come visit shoot 10 types and i'm like awesome yeah i'll do that
0: love to and okay wait get a little more specific on this did they what did they pay for everything yes okay so like no money out of your pocket they paid for everything they got the results to use probably for what reason yeah they wanted it for advertising
1: well you know it, it went on from there i mean you know this these things are not always cut and dried. You don't always know what's going on. I mean, I didn't know really exactly what we're going to shoot. I was like, okay, well I'll just bring my stuff and we'll, I'll get my stuff there. I had to order and ship things and you know, you can't fly with collodion along with cyanide and things like that. So you find ways to ship it there. And then when you get there, you know, you set it all up and I, I literally went to the lumber store, bought some wood, you know, made my dark room, my dark box, assembled everything when i got there and went pretty well and they said well hey you know it'd be great to do a, a extended project on the on our uh, vineyard here and i was like, oh yeah let's let's do it so i went back photographed the harvest time and the fall it was just beautiful unfortunately that year about uh, it's about six days after i left there was a humongous fire in santa rosa and many people lost their homes many people lost their lives i mean it was just a horrendous year for that area that and I think it was a bad year for the vineyard. I don't. I, well, not for the vineyard, but uh, for the vintage. I don't know that the smoke affected the grapes. Or I, I don't. I don't. I don't know the full thing. I'm not a full.
0: It sounds good. I'll go with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not completely in the know of.
0: Well, I would imagine it could cause something that, that then got into the dirt. That then got into the nutrients, and you know, I could see it. I could see it cause, disrupting. Because you know, they, they, were, the they were squashing the
1: grapes right then. You know, they they pick, they squash, and. and then you have all that smoke coming in while the grape is is exposed as juice so you're collecting that smoke so it's probably got a little more of a smoky feel smoky feel and, and that's that wasn't the plan it's
0: great for whiskey
1: probably great for whiskey yeah so anyhow so i you know it i did a handmade book for them and we made a little a little more production book that i can have uh, around and, and you know it went okay i, I think uh, eventually you know there'll be more i keep eyes and ears open for a land or someone that's right. interested okay. in that. Right. But let's
0: take that back a step. So you just said somebody just contacted you. How did that contact occur in the first place?
1: That's a good point because I always have to give a shout out to my good friend, Matt Morris. Matt Morris is an outstanding filmmaker. He contacted me in twenty about 2011 and wanted to do a portrait with he and his uh, fiance. And they came in and did we did portraits and had a great time. And then. Great guy to know. really enjoyed it. And then he called back a couple of days later. Hey, I'd like to do a little short kind of Vimeo documentary portrait of you. And I'm like, well, sure, of course. So he came back, did a little film on me called American Tintype. It's on Vimeo.
0: It's on your website as well. It's on my
1: website. And it it got a lot of play. And, and Matt was just incredibly savvy and smart the way he marketed it. He was, he was able to get it out there to lots of – I mean, I was on – Uh, I mean, you, you name it, man, from the Atlantic to Petapixel to, you know, all the little things, it was, it was out there on, on everything. And, and, you know, I've gotten a number of portraits from it and and some other gold jobs, but the, the, the working with the vineyard was probably the the biggest thing. And he's, he himself is a photographer out in uh, San Helena, California and in the Napa Valley. And, working in Napa and Sonoma counties working for vineyards he's he's a wine aficionado he's a wine maker he's wine lover i mean he's just he, i mean he's that's his world and fortunately i i was able to hook a caboose to it and, and tag into there a little bit i
0: was gonna say so let me get this so let me try and connect the dots on this so a random person asked for a portrait from you you did a portrait for this person they liked you as a person and your process so much that they made a video of that then they were so well known in their video making that their video got picked up by all these great news outlets which then led to being connected to the winery
1: Yes, and if I had tried to do that in a million years, it'd never, never work. Well, that's sort of my point.
0: Is what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to sort of point out to like my own brain slash the listener is basically like, you never know what things are going to happen. Like some, you know, just like one random thing could end up leading down a path that you never could have foreseen. And so, like, you know, it's like my teachers used to. My teachers used to always say, when when somebody comes and asks you to do a photograph, the answer is always yes, and then you figure out how to do it.
1: Uh, and I have that approach with everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you you never really want to negate anything because it, it's you just don't know what's coming.
0: But I, I hear a lot of people these days saying no to things like, "Oh, that's not my style." Oh, that's not what I do. You know, like people saying no a lot more than I remember them saying no.
1: Yeah, that's true. I've I've heard a lot of people, and you know, that's fine. That's you know, I might be the next person they call when they get someone gets a no. They might call me next. So. I'm glad. I welcome, I welcome all comers. I I do photography in many genres. So
0: as long as their cash is green, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, because like there's another photographer I know who I'm not going to say their name, but another photographer, I know that he, he's a professional photographer. He does very good job. No knock on it. One day we were out talking and I I said, Oh yeah, could, could you do a little portrait of me? He's like, yeah, that'll be $150. I was like, I just, you're a photographer. Like, and I'm, a peer, like can't you just help me out to do a quick portrait? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's like, oh no, I don't pick up my camera without being paid. Like and he just refused. You can
1: get out of bed without getting paid.
0: That's correct. Like he yeah, will not go. take pictures unless there's money involved in it. And for me as the, the pure sort of creative artist person, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like what a like like capitalistic, like, <laughs> like arrogant thing for him to say. But 20 years later now going on, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah, I totally understand. But you
1: got—I mean, I had three kids. You know, you gotta—you gotta feed people. You gotta pay your bills. You—you—you you, you know, it would, it would be nice if my bills were paid and I could just do my art and just give it away. I, I mean.
0: No, no, you should never give it away. People should still say that they should value it by giving you something. So that's just, don't gift. That's ridiculous. But actually, you just brought up the fact that you have children. Um, I often have this conversation with female artists and art people in the art world, but I also want to, on the male side of this is, now how old are your oldest? 19. Oh my gosh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) How does or did the having children affect your working career? So whether it be the commercial work or the fine artwork, like how did it affect it? Cause I'm sure it changed your thought pattern, your mindset. Like I would imagine pre kid you were like, yeah, I'll do that thing for cheap. But like after kid you're like, no, I got bills to pay. <laughs> you're like, you got to pay me full price.
1: Yeah. And you you don't, quite say it that way you know you kind of you want to you want to maneuver the conversation in such a way that they, my kid needs they braces yeah and and if you and I've, I've had two kids with braces and and i, and I have three kids so it's it's a yeah it becomes more serious I, I had a i had a window of time where where my father died i finally decided well you know it's, i should get married it's, marriage is a good thing i'm not gonna have a family one day because if I don't get married because everybody's going to be dead. Give me a little clarifications. How old are you
0: right now? I'm 55. Really? Yeah. Okay. You look great. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> now. And, and so how old were you when this, uh, your father I, died?
1: about 35. Okay. Four. So continue 30, on with your in there. Yeah. So, so, so life, I kind of grew up, you know, I think I had about from, from about 15 to 35, I was probably just summer vacation, you know, in my mind, you know, I was like, Anything I could do to do nothing in a way, you know. Uh, then, then became more serious, and and I, I've I've always probably been a touch late in getting serious about things. So it definitely makes you more serious. It makes you you, you know realize that work is not everything. You know, when you're a photographer, you're you're kind of married to being that, and, and any kind of work for an artist, you know, you, when your your identity and your work and your ego and your self esteem and all that stuff is intertwined. It's it's not easy, I mean you, nobody tells you how to be a photographer. There's really no, I mean there might be somebody give you a tutorial today or you can watch YouTube. Yeah, so so kids, you know you you discover how self-centered you are. That's that's a big, you know it's flat out. You know you're you're married to your work. Your your ego's there. Your self-esteem's there. Your you know it's 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 your It's where you go peacock mode, you know, it's your thing, you know. And once you have kids, kids, you know, you're holding that baby. That baby doesn't care who you are, uh, what you do, other than you love that baby. So that's, so so you, you, it opens up a whole nother world. And I think for an artist, it can be great inspiration of different work to do, different things to do. I haven't really used my kids in artwork that much. Occasionally I'll have them do something, but they kind of run from me when they see the big camera come out.
0: As most parents who are photographers or artists in general, their children do at a certain age, you know, but then they'll they'll appreciate it later.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I like, I like them to think that I was attempting to do something. And I, I I think they're seeing, I I hear comments now and again from them that they, they, they do have somewhat of an understanding of what, what I'm about and what I've been trying to do. And they see that positive. I I guess it probably makes them want to go get a job, but (laughs) I don't a, jo-
0: know. a job that has health care and all that yeah, kind of, yeah yeah
1: you can live a kind of normal life have a new car all that stuff
0: okay wait so speaking of like normal life kind of thing this is also something that like my wife is an accountant okay so like she goes to work she comes home nobody judges her as being an accountant you know outgoing social and stuff but like us as creative people when we go anywhere we're always working you know, so like you could go to the grocery store and you might run into somebody who runs an art gallery or you might go to the bar and run into a book publisher. Like literally we're always sort of on like like we're always being judged. and And our whole reputation is built not only on our like professional experiences, but like how we're perceived as people on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. And that I at one point in my career, I found that very. Disturbing, Like, I mean, because I suddenly realized, like, every time I walk out of the house, my career is being judged on how, whether I'm a nice person or a good person or a kind person in any situation. Because, I mean, like, in yours, working as the gig economy, working on just, like, client-by-client client thing, you literally can walk in and find a client anywhere you go. And so you kind of always have to be on. And that's difficult.
1: I, I think, yeah, I think you don't even realize how difficult it is. After you've been doing it a long time, you just, maybe you go out of town and you forget to take a camera and you, for, you just kind of, you know, weekend away with the missus. And it's really refreshing when you're kind of out of yourself that way. And it's, that's, and it's hard to get out of yourself. And I, I think children help you get out of yourself in many ways. And, and and it even helps you get back to a more centered part of yourself as well. So, so, so it's definitely a big impact, and then it also the charging and what to charge, what not to ch- charge for. I, I think as a photographer, you're, you're, when you have kids, the, I mean, I, my success has almost come in spite of myself. You know, so I, if, if if I raise the prices across the board, last time I did that was like 2008, and, you know, Lehman Brothers crashed, and a ho- whole world went to hell, and it, I didn't have any work <laughs> for 2009 and 10 so i don't know so it's it's hard to you know i didn't take the business classes so i don't I don't
0: so i kind of wing it i was just editing a podcast this morning about uh the fact that basically we're not you know as creative people when we go to school and get educated on being creative we're taught the techniques and the craftsmanship and all this kind of stuff but we're none we're never given business like how to so do true. it for a living and that's a huge weakness in the american educational well, system
1: I, you know I, I tell young artists you know, take your accounting classes, take a two-year business, get a two-year business degree. Don't worry about studying art, you, the art will come. If you're if you're inspired and, it's, and that, that fire is there, you, you will learn what you need to learn. You can take workshops, uh, find a good
0: mentor. These days, YouTube videos, I mean, with the, the millions of ones out there, you can probably find what you wanna learn.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've taught myself many things about how to fix things on my car. <laughs> you know you know taking workshops is a really great way to do it penland was for me very instrumental in in my life very pivotal in my life the two week workshop you know you you pretty much have a semester of growth in two weeks I mean, oh yeah
0: penland's amazing fantastic yeah, yeah. totally random topic actually mm-hmm. i've been keep, keep keeping notes something i forgot to ask you about uh, the name fly where does that come from
1: i was judged by my peers to be a a flyweight whereas in the 80s they'd call somebody who was a novice partier they you would be a lightweight, a lightweight. Yeah. yeah and then but I was a flyweight even low and then the guy said yeah fly and it stuck that's and, it and huh? I, I think i fell off a lifeguard stand or something about that time so it was it was all kind of first night at UNCW kind of situation
0: I know, yeah, I mean, I've known many people and with stuck. those kinds of nicknames, yes, it's <laughs> it's difficult to shake those. All right, back to teaching. So you were talking about workshops and taking workshops. Now, I know from conversations with you over the de- decades that you, you have always wanted to teach and there's always been this barrier which academia has sort of put in your place, which is very mm-hmm. unfortunate, which is generally universities and colleges have, require a master's degree, at least, in the studio arts. And you don't have that. You have right. batch BFA? BFA. BFA. Yeah. And I've, you know,
1: if, if you could if you could backpedal, I, I have done probably five or six different processes where I have taught myself how to do, you know, I pretty much taught myself to do wet plate collodion. I started with the silver sunbeam and then realized I needed to find something more modern. And I found John Coffer's book and, and pretty much taught myself to do it. And then, I enjoyed the book so well I was like well I need to go meet John Coffer so I went did a workshop at his place and, and kind of got tightened up and then I've, I've been working long ever since and you know salt printing albumin printing taught those myself I don't know then digital photography came along I mean I was trained in film and and black and white darkroom was what my college was about and suddenly five years out we're all bets are off. We're now switching gears to digital. So I, I learned that, you know, and I, I, I'm learning video pretty rapidly right now. And so I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think I could certainly qualify for a master's degree. I've,
0: I've done the work. Well, that's sort of my point. Is, is like because like I went where I went to school. I went to school at University of Iowa, which of course they would require a master's degree to teach there or a PhD depending on the discipline. But I also went to a private school, Corcoran, and at the Corcoran, like I had a teacher that didn't even have a high school diploma. But because of his skills and his reputation and his his career, he had the the like sort of real world equivalency yeah. that mm-hmm. allowed for him to teach. And you know, how do you feel about that? I guess is sort of my thing because like I don't think the whole like need a master's is a smart way to go because like you like I'll give you here I'll give you like my little soapbox on this for you you have real world experience. Whereas an academic such as myself, so I'm gonna put myself down, I don't have the real world experience. I don't know how to actually make a living doing all this kind of stuff. So like to a certain extent, you would be a much better teacher because you could say, Oh yeah, okay, when you're doing this, be sure to factor in taxes and lawyer fees and all these other things. Oh, that's right. That yeah. like if I charge I'm charge sales tax
1: on my art. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but like I wouldn't know Three to hours. say that to somebody i'd be like yeah just you know how, however it feels like a good price <laughs> yeah, right. you know but like but you know about like liability insurance and you know property oh, yes. insurance and all these kinds of things the, the real world situations that most academics and i'm making fun of myself in this case we are unaware of and or don't teach people
1: yeah, yeah so like
0: i feel like you'd be a great teacher well, it's,
1: it's very important for the artist to 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 tell you the consumer what what's your what's your overhead a little bit about your overhead you know i mean i you know i have three kids i have a mortgage i have the I computers have pay for the hard
0: drives the oh, software yeah. prices i mean it's ridiculous it's the amount insane of back-end stuff that we have to pay for that other people don't think they have to pay right. for when they hire us
1: right they I think mean, it's just a digital camera just just adobe suites
0: my god adobe suites is so expensive these days it's yeah ridiculous yeah. anyways
1: it is tricky i you know i've taught last couple of years i've I've taught a basic slr intro class at the community college and i think as a teacher i've gotten better at it the last go around i think i did pretty good but you know i still have half the class drop out because they don't know what i'm talking about but it really becomes more about a general photography and philosophy of photography
0: i do i i love it when people drop out it's of kind class. of humorous to me there's even a
1: class to teach a dslr i mean what you you don't have YouTube? <laughs> yeah, no, <seriously. laughs> I know. Seriously, the, phone. Can't. They
0: didn't. know they need to do it because they they have to take an elective credit, and they think it'll be easy to take that because they already know how to yeah. do it. mine's they continuing ed,
1: so I get you know people that might have a business they want to learn how to take better pictures for their business or. Oh,
0: when I did it here in town, most of my people that I taught photography to were new parents that want to be able to take pictures <laughs> yeah. of their kids. Yeah. And they bought the, this camera. That's right. And no they, idea what to do. Or they were gifted a camera. and They don't know how to use it. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like very common. And it, but it's a lovely start. I think it's great. Yeah, you know, it's, absolutely. Everybody's got to start somewhere. And I usually have to give them a few
1: assignments, and they get off and running. And and I guess they assume they don't need me anymore, and they don't come back. But and then I'll have people that come in every week and sit right there, and they're 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 loving my slideshows. They're loving my discussions about things. And so yeah, you know it's. I, well, but nice, I don't know if I'm a good teacher or not. But well, the nice thing about those
0: kinds it. of classes, actually, is you're paid the same, whether it's 20 students or 10 students. Right. So like, so it, it doesn't really matter. It's To a certain extent, it's more about the quality of the education than it is the quantity. So it's not about mm-hmm. d- teaching a lot of people, as much right. as the people who are there really get a really great education.
1: Yeah, and the other important thing is, I learned that right away, is uh, don't read the reviews. <laughs> they will slam you <laughs> over nothing, <laughs> Oh yeah! I so I'd never do that again.
0: I have a very low rating. I don't even know on, why they
1: ask for reviews. I don't even want to know. <laughs> uh, they,
0: it's it's a federal mandate, is ah, what it is. Okay. They, yeah, they have to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I'm, I've looked on ratemyprofessor.com dot com for me, and it's I, it's <laughs> I'm like a two and a half out of five. It's really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it's. It's fine. That's the way it goes. Yeah. I'm not too a famous concerned. UNCW professor told me not to ever read the reviews.
0: Well, legally, you're supposed to read the reviews, but yeah, you can't kind of take it to heart. Like I had, yeah, a, actually, right. I, I had a job recently that I was teaching at this university, and my dean actually came to me and said, "Oh, we read the student feedback, and you know they're not really very happy. Uh, we're n- <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna have you back next semester. Oh, no. because the students don't like your class." And I, I'm, and I was just like, "I'm sorry, who the fuck cares whether they like my class?" did they learn anything in my class? And then he's like, oh yeah, no, they learned a lot. They're very knowledgeable and they feel very skilled with the knowledge that, that you've given them. But they didn't like it. And, and then, I was like, since when is academia about liking a class?
1: Oh, the world is about feelings nowadays. Everybody, I know.
0: Everybody's feelings are so important. Well, this is why I'm doing a podcast instead of <laughs> going back to <laughs> academia immediately. <laughs> I hope to get back to academia someday, but... No, well, you might need I, your own school. You I wanted use. to settle down a little bit. I feel like it's going a bit too far in one direction or another mm-hmm. and uh, let it come to some good balance. Well, I know a
1: lot of, a lot of people in academia are looking at the door, you know, because they're, they're, they're not getting paid anymore. They're getting
0: paid less and asked to do more. I recently spoke to a guy who no had tenure. No, I knew a guy who had tenure and he left. He's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want yeah. to be. Because even once they're tenured, they're giving them more obligations and making them do more administrative stuff, which is not why people become teachers. Mm-hmm. Like I have this perfect belief that I, I wish that there could be almost like two criterias of teachers. There are teachers who like committee meetings and doing paperwork, and that's one kind yeah, of I don't teacher. Do meetings. No. Yeah, I'm not and another meeting, kind no. of teacher that loves being in the classroom and and so the classroom teacher doesn't have to do committee stuff and the committee person does less classroom stuff but and does all the committee works. Like if I could be in a classroom teaching, you know, six hours a day, five days a week, I would be very happy with that. And no committees, no mm-hmm. meetings, none of that stuff. But yeah. just teaching would mm-hmm. be ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's not the way of academia these days. Yeah.
1: No workshops your own your own university I, th- I almost feel like there needs to be and you know they, they, they're they're restarting black mountain college <gasps> no well somebody has copyrighted the name so you can't use that name but they're in black mountain north carolina they're the college of the uh, alternative i
0: love black which mountain i love college. the sound of that yeah that's right up alternative your alley, to what literally. i don't know
1: alternative to
0: great throwback getting
1: a degree i guess because because you know somebody just i know so many successful people that never got a degree and Absolutely. then and then
0: nobody's ever even asked to see my degree which yeah. i would be floored if anybody asked to see it it's a it's a thing that like i was in abu dhabi and our students were obsessively fixated on grades 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 and i'm like nobody is ever going to give a shit about what your grades were all they care about is your portfolio you make good work or you don't make good work that's it yeah school's not the super bowl no right? There's no win or loss. It's just a way to get a piece of paper. Maybe you just say something. something. Okay, sure. There are certain disciplines Medical. where a higher education is perfectly appropriate, and if not necessary, yeah. the arts is not one of them. Yeah, I, I
1: definitely say kids get your get your business degree first. I
0: I'll go with it, associates in business. Yeah, and that's then a, and then that's go a on great to start. like get like your a, mindset right. Yeah, yeah. And, I and, totally agree.
1: And, and don't you know my philosophy too has been to to do what I have to do in photography to pay the bills and it's it's not a cop-out or a sell-out it's because you know the grants all these things they're subjective to opinion and this and that and and you know you just there's no guarantee you'll get anything you know some people get grants every time there's an opening but they're good at it i guess i don't know i've never been good at it so i i feel like just do the work keep progressing and then if you don't have enough money to do a project do, just do part of it. Don't, you know, do take a step in that direction. And maybe you'll, you'll meet somebody that will find interest and in, help you along. It's, it's just have faith. Don't keep moving.
0: <laughs> now, along that you see, we were talking about paying the bills and all that kind of stuff. Like you don't have to answer this question so I can edit this out. If you're not comfortable with this, like, so do you make enough to support your family or is it a, you have income, your wife has income? Like, is that how-
1: well, the way our family works, you know, we we've, my wife is back working. She works uh, at Title Creek Co-op and love it. Great place. She enjoys it. It's in her field of health and beauty. I mean, she's really into um, supplements and things like that. Health. She's very health conscious. Oh,
0: we need to talk off air. Okay, go on.
1: Yeah, and and so that's that's a perfect place for her. I don't what the future holds for her there. I don't know what she. I don't know what her what she might want to do eventually. Uh, so that so that helps. It's not a great income, obviously. And then, then me being a photographer, it's it's not. You know, I don't. It's not what it used to be. It used to be, photographers had a really good, between copyrights and stock photography and different things. There used to be a, almost like a blueprint of, you know, buying some real estate, you get you get a, a good stock photography cushion going where you get a monthly check, and eventually you have that real estate you can sell.
0: Well, not only that, but in the old days, you could buy a camera and if you treated that camera well, you could literally own it your whole career. But now we have to upgrade equipment and software and computers and digital cameras all the time. Like the only, even the lenses get out of date. Like, I mean, everything you have to keep upgrading. Whereas back then, like you could buy one amazing Hasselblad. Great Hasselblad. And use it for your whole career. Yeah. And that's all you really need. Well, but not anymore.
1: Not anymore. No, you got to change cameras every... And then, yeah, yeah, and I'm finding out my lenses from the, the 90s, my film lenses that used to be really great on digital cameras, now they're soft. Yeah. They're, they're not good enough on the newer cameras. So then it's, it's, it's super irritating. They found a way to <laughs> milk photographers keep us down. You know?
0: Absolutely they have. Yeah. I mean, it's so that's kind
1: of my relation. Why I got really got into wet plate, you know, they, you know, boardroom decided to quit making type 55 Polaroid. And that was my, my film. That was my number one film for years and years. And when that went away, I was like, wow, this is, this sucks. <laughs> so what do we do? So th- that was another thing with the wet plate. It was like, well, this, you just buy the raw chemicals. You, you follow a formula, you make your own thing. And, no more corporate boardrooms, you know. I'm I'm really immune from worrying about if you know Polaroid's going to stop making my film, or, or Kodak's going to disappear, or Elford's
0: going to disappear. Which actually lends to a question that I have written down here, which is, where did you find to buy all your chemicals? Because you know there are oh, yeah. there's, there's Bostick the, um, and Sullivan, and there's a bunch of other brands. Yeah, stuff you, of
1: yeah, you can buy there's there's you can buy things premixed now.
0: You can well no, but what, what do you do? What's you, what's your method?
1: Typically, I, I mix all mine raw, and okay. that's just because it's, it's a whole lot cheaper. There's a guy in California, UV Photographics. He's making some great ready-made products, and I, I've bought some his stuff. that works great. It's really good. Uh, Bostick & Sullivan has great stuff. Uh, you can buy the raw chemicals also. Artcraft up in New York State has been my source for most everything.
0: Okay. And, I've never heard of them. Uh, and
1: they're, you know Any kind of alternative process, historic process. He's got the chemistry for it. So good
0: prices, raw chemistry. Lovely, okay. Last little bit. So rat, try and wrap this up. Um, any advice, other other than advice you've already given? For, <laughs> don't repeat yourself. Any advice for sort of up and coming people at this point? So like somebody new, let's say, coming out of high school or out of yeah, college. Yeah,
1: sure, I got I, a great thing. I, you're I mean, a teacher, I, come on. I, I think you will get bad advice in education. and I, I did. I, there were people that, I was taking a wood shop class at East Carolina, wood design, which, you know, I love woodworking. I, I, I'm always sawing on stuff to this day, but but I got the idea I wanted to build a view camera and they totally discouraged me from doing that. And the way my brain thinks, I could have very artistically built a really nice camera that I could reproduce. I mean, if I think back, I could have gone into the business of building view cameras. Sure. Now this day and age that would be a very limited calling but there but there, but there would have been a, a good 10 years or so by the same token i at the same in the same class i learned about Penland. i overheard the teacher talking about it and i went over and stuck my ear up and i was like oh give me that catalog i want to go i'll sign up right now he was trying to convince somebody else to go i'm like no 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 here, here i'm i'm in mm-hmm. i'll go and and I went it was awesome life-changing so you'll get good and bad in college but but it's very important to hear your own voice most of all Uh, and when you have a real good idea you know write these things down and and explore them you know think them through I mean because there's there's a lot you can do there's there's you know you know things have been done but there's a lot to do and sky's God's limit. You, you, you. Most people don't realize this, but they're only limited by their own minds. I mean, you know, I think I think our country allows people to be anything and do anything. I, I really do.
0: It's very funny you say that because my wife is Czech, so mm-hmm. she's you know born and raised there, and uh, we have this debate because America very much has that perspective. You can be anything. Shoot for the stars. Be the best. in her culture, in the Czech culture. Now, maybe it's changed, but like when she was growing up, uh, they were very, you know, just get a job and just be humble and and don't rock the boat and don't try to aspire for anything more than is necessary to be happy. And that's it. And stop there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people look to America and they're like, oh, you all are so arrogant that you think you can do anything. <laughs> like It's a very interesting perspective because yeah. I grew up exactly like you. We can do anything. Shoot for the stars, all this. But that's not true all around the world. Like no, a lot of cultures no. are not raised that way.
1: Look at France. France, you're you're you know by third grade, you know if you're going to be a a doctor, or you're going to be a bricklayer.
0: Yeah. When, and when the sad in,
1: fact is, the doctor is only going to get about twenty bucks more an hour.
0: Yeah.
1: I know. You know, bricklayers France, are very you know, well paid. Yeah, and you're going to be paying seventy five percent taxes. Let that number soak into your head. It's
0: not that's right. But okay, that's that's brutal. Well, I mean, it's it's just an interesting lovely thing. country, what, but like, nice place to visit. But yeah, well, in the Czech Republic, when they're in, I think eighth or ninth grade, they have to choose their yep. career path. Basically, like right there, they can go to technical school or engineering schools or whatever. Like they have to choose in eighth grade. I would never, if I had chosen what I wanted to do in eighth grade, I probably would have been like a superhero. I mean, like I didn't have a job or a career. Yeah, i be a pro grade. skateboarder
1: in eighth grade. Well, yeah, yeah. Good luck on that. Yeah. Eighth
0: grade? What would I? What, eighth grade? No, I actually, probably would have been a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but i probably would have been thrown in prison by now <laughs> for some stupid <laughs> shit. but anyways. yeah. but it, yeah, it's very interesting because i mean that that aspirational goal of uh, like we can do anything that our mind, you know, lets us do is not a worldwide thing. and right, as an american, i thought That's it was a worldwide. That's why everybody wants to come
1: thing. here. I mean, cuz there there is a legitimate
0: opportunity I disagree with that. My wife does not want to come to America. And I keep telling people, I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I married a European uh, citizen so that I could be in Europe. (laughs) <laughs> not, not the other way around like she didn't marry me for a green card I yeah. married her so I could work in Europe because <laughs> yeah, every because every American creative well, person too, yeah. Yeah. Well, every American creative Europe. person wants to be in Europe because like yeah. it's the, the history and the you know oh, all the, yeah. the, the stuff with I would like to be Europe. in Spain I love Spain, Spain there you go that's yeah. what I'm saying like yeah. all American created people want to be in Europe so yeah. I didn't she didn't marry me for a green card I married her so I can get to Europe
1: yeah so, I don't know. It, it's, it's, there's no, I'm, I'm bad at generalizing. Oh, uh, don't I'll get me, me wrong. I do to it admit. all
0: the time. I've made a complete ass out of myself many times on this podcast. <laughs> uh, one just came out the other day where I did with Rhonda Bellamy where we were talking about racism. She uh, did really well with it. I look like an idiot, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's a, that's a, that's a tough topic. <laughs> well, topics that need to be talked about that's true and so true. You know, what better person to talk to than the person who created the black arts alliance and oh, yeah. you know, the yeah. black mm-hmm. film festival and all sorts of kind of stuff she's the perfect person to talk A- to and, here
1: and Rhonda is i mean she's probably the most eloquent speaker i personally know
0: she did very well like i tried to push her into giving me like more blunt and crass answers and she was very good with no, keeping she's her composure she's,
1: she's, she's good. and generally a nice person too oh and, yeah i really enjoy her
0: i'm totally gonna edit all that part out by the way <laughs> but, um that's sort of the fun of being the person in control i can choose yeah. what i don't want, <laughs> don't yeah. want in there i but, don't think i've said anything particularly stupid no you've done fine no 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 um, i yeah. think i've said some stupid things but you've done lovely well um Last thing, uh, is there any topic that you wanna that I haven't asked you about that you'd like to talk about, um, or something that you didn't get to elaborate on enough that you want to flesh out?
1: Well, I, I don't know. I th- I th- I, th- I think we covered it in uh, the big things. that it, I guess I would suggest p- for people to take away is to you know listen listen to your voices and those those weird little ideas you get are, are your most valuable gold. So figure those things out and go with them and explore, 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 be interested, be an interesting person.
0: Yeah. Boring is just, well, boring.
1: Yeah. It's time for that, but
0: my parents have a great card on their refrigerator. that says being normal is exhausting. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's good. I, was like, I like that.
0: And so I grew up around that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. Hey,
1: Matt. Good to see you, man. Thanks. You too. Ciao.